What is this? Maybach music. I like this Maybach music. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> this is Mafia music. In the Maybach, that is. Had to take it deep in the rap, baby. Yeah, Maybach music. Throwbacks. We back. J5. Josh P's in the building. MMGP. MMP. Nah, it's just MMGP. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Gunplay. <laughs> Goo. Doing with an attitude. There's so many nicknames off this album. Like, man, I'm, yeah, we back. We back. Magazine. Markazine. Markazine. That might be a new uh, Markazine. Markazine. Let them eat. Markazine. 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 I don't know if Marquezine would have hit right, the see, way that it probably would have 15 years ago. It got to be from him. He's not going to accept it if it ain't from him. Is that's, it 15 years? It yeah. God damn, I'm old. And it's 14, funny, exactly. 14, actually. And it's funny because the release date of the album that we're talking about today is literally four days ago. Yeah, it just passed. <laughs> I just saw it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's of course, we're talking about you know the, the album that we're talking about on this, this month's episode of Throw Blacks. This is a show, of course, where we, talk, we take a look back. Some of the uh, more iconic and, and important and, you know, genre shifting and pushing albums in the culture. And last month we had 50 Cent's Get Richard Die Trying. This month, it's kind of, I'm sorry, 50, we had to go. Yeah, with biggest the, nemesis. <laughs> we had to go with somebody who was an, an unlikely nemesis for Rick Ross at the time. Or, or for, I'm sorry, for 50 Cent at the time, Rick Ross. But uh, MC is in the building here. What's up, MC? This is this is Florida. It's hometown shit this, this month. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely going to feel like a home game right now. But I do want to thank everybody for tapping in the last month's throwbacks. Throw blacks, excuse me. Crazy, crazy reception. Mm -hmm. Um, even to the point where people were listening to Get Rich or Die Trying for the first time. Hopefully, we'll run that back a second time for anybody that has not heard this album. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could do it again this month. Very important album. Uh, I gotta say, I'm a really big Rick Ross fan. No, nah, this is <laughs> this is one that was requested. Yeah. As soon as we did uh Get Rich or Die Trying, someone was like, I think I posted just a, a deep in a rap song, and someone was like, Yo, you gotta do that next. And yeah. I wasn't even thinking, I just go back to this album randomly yeah. all the time. And um, I'm trying to remember the kid's name. I think it was Run. I forget the guy's IG name. But shout out to you. You requested this one. Was it Kel? It was Kel. It might have been Kel. Kel. Yeah, yeah, it, it might have been Kel. Yeah, yeah, it was Kel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even just today, when like you know, we posted the uh the flyer for the amp episode, the pre show we're gonna do, and then uh, Neil and uh NMB, yeah, who does all of Rick Ross's like books and bios, oh, wow. he reached out and was like, yo, like he tagged Ross. That's I don't know, did you guys see that? I didn't see that. Yeah, he reposted it and tagged Ross. That's hard. Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully Ross taps in tomorrow to uh to amp. Yeah. We should uh onboard him on and get him on the show. But um yeah, people are looking forward to this. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a really kind of important thing for us to like go back. And I, I really appreciate people that are appreciating us. Yeah. Going back and talking about these albums and um I mean Get Richard I Tried was one of my favorite things that we've ever done. 
just period. Just oh yeah, no, nah, that's that's Throwblacks is, is very quickly becoming my favorite episodes. Yeah. Like yeah. easily, like I go back and listen to them. I go back and just think about those albums. Like even the Fifty Cent Girls Should Die Trying. Like after the episode, I listen to it a bunch leading up to it. But yeah. afterwards, just you know, after our conversation, I just had a different context. Yeah. And you know, that's still one of my like greatest favorite albums ever. And still a West Coast album, I must say. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you guys know every month we pick a different album. Uh, of course, this month is Rick Ross. Next month, we don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah. Uh, but th- these are conversations that are always ongoing. And, you know, thank you guys for listening. But I want to, before we get into Deep in the Rap, we kind of have to go back. We yeah. Go way, way back in, in the history and the career of Rick Ross. We're all the way back to 2006. So, three years before. Uh, Deeper Than Rap will come out. Rick Ross would be introduced to the game. I was a sophomore in college when uh, when Port of Miami came out. And uh, where were you at? I was in high school. I think it was at 2006. I was in what? I was like a sophomore in high school or something like that. Yeah, yeah, 2006. And where were you, MC? Were you still up top or were you um, in Florida already? No, I was in Florida. It would have been my third year in Florida. So I would have been a freshman going into a sophomore in high school. Wow. Yeah. I'm old. I know. I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) When you said that, I I had to think about mine. Like, where the fuck was I at? Listen, man, my birthday literally just passed. Like, I'm I'm starting to feel senioritis over here. Oh, man. I'm I'm really feeling it. It's cool, though. Being, being, better start stretching, man. That's when your back start hurting. (laughs) Being an OG is cool. I like it. It's, it's, It's a nice feeling. But Port of Miami, just as an album, this wasn't a time when Florida was really in the forefront of anyone's conversation. At that time. Nah, it was it's funny because like when you thought about Florida, you thought about Slip and Slide, mm-hmm. and you know he was a descendant of Slip and Slide to a certain degree, but he had just a New York flavor. He to was him. he was signed, yeah, yeah, but he had just like a different kind of approach to the game, yeah. And if you know Rick Ross stories, because he was just all around, he was mm-hmm. in the studio with Kanye at one point, he was in Baseline, just yeah. writing, fucking around with uh, state property and all that shit, and Cam. So yeah, Ross was one of those guys who studied hip hop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why when Hustling came out, you were like, oh, shit, this is something different. It had a sample in it. Like, yeah. That wasn't just something that was prevalent in Miami Southern music at the time. No. So I think, you know, he just brought something new to the game. And then he was signed to Def Jam, too. So that was also just a different. Um, it just put him on a different level. And it was a different era for Def Jam. Uh, Shake. Def Jam South. Still. Yeah. Um, he, he was still there. He was very instrumental in uh, signing Jeezy and mm-hmm. Ross. And those were their, the, the two kind of you know, major players for the new Southern expansion of Def Jam, you know, com- coming after Ludacris, going into that it's new It's funny, you, you know who was the president of Def Jam at the time? Uh, or Def Jam South at the time? Scarface. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Scarface was a president. You had Jeezy signed. You had fucking Ross signed. Ross signed. Um, who else was signed around that time of Def Jam? There was a lot. I mean, Ludacris all, all, all uh, had DTP there. I think, yeah. I think they did a joint deal there. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, there there was a lot of there was a lot of like movement there within the South, but there was a lot of like unrest with the North in hip hop, and they were not ready for this at all. Jay Z was gone at this time, so this is clearly this is two years after, uh, three years after, uh, or yeah, two years after Give Richard I Try and this landscape is Fifty Cent's. The landscape is still firmly there, but you can already see the shift happening. Lil John was starting to blow up. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff from the South was starting to get a lot of traction at this time. What was it like being like young at that time, Mark, and really kind of like seeing it happen? You know, for Ross and for Khaled and all those people, like you know, w- you know, from a, a bird's eye view. Uh, There's a reason why I don't take 
my position out here for granted because I don't think it would have felt the same hearing a lot of these records and seeing a lot of these artists at the time uh, when I was in Connecticut, when I was in the tri-state area. Within any of those areas up top, I don't think it would have felt the same way hearing those records. And not from a perspective of what I have liked the records. I probably would have liked the records, but being able to see it grow mm-hmm. organically and see it grow with hometown athletes sports conversations that had happened out here you give it give it a couple of months you know the miami heat win their first nba championship and that was something that was so huge because out in connecticut we didn't really have moments where there was somebody that was such a big sports figure that all the kids at school are wearing the shoes all the kids want the d wade sidekick i wanted that sidekick so fucking bad to be able to see that from a (laughs) to be able to see that from a perspective that i could not see in other areas was something that was huge and the summer of 2006 ended up being something where it was one of the first i would say one of the first out of the two florida renaissances of that decade um that was crazy to experience as a 15 year old child at the time yeah and and i mean with port of miami Big singles, push it was it was it was a big single. Hustling, obviously, the biggest single from that. But one thing that people kind of were shocked about was the major high-profile guests that were on the album. Uh, Ross managed to get a in retirement Jay Z verse that summer. Well, that was it's funny. Those like those retirement Jay Z verses are always funny to me because it was like he wasn't really retired. He was popping <laughs> up. He popped up on Jeezy and Ross album. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was really retired. And it was good for him to pop up on those albums because it wasn't the typical New York feature. And these were his artists. Yeah, yeah. And it was like him just being, you know, President Carter. Like yeah. So I I I respected those verses. I love those verses. But yeah, to get a Jay verse, um, that was huge. Who else was on the album? Um, damn, he had uh, Akon was on <laughs> yeah, there. Akon, Akon, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. who else was on that joint? Damn, there was there was what trick trick was Life there? Jennings. Life Jennings was no, on trick it. wasn't on there yet. Briscoe was on there. Briscoe was ne- like him and Ross were neck and neck at one point, and then Ross just kind of just shot through him or passed him. At Absolutely. Least. Absolutely. And Briscoe definitely had a lot of Briscoe definitely had a lot of traction at that point in time. Had a huge, huge Wayne record in the hood, was big mm-hmm. out here yeah, even with the kids. Huge. Uh but you know, as Po Boy Entertainment starts building up and you get Briscoe, you get Flo Rida, you get all the different artists that were coming out of there at that time. Ross, especially with that Def Jam strapped at his back, skyrocketed all the way to, you but know, there, where he was in two thousand six. There was a weird thing with that Ross and Jeezy thing. And obviously that will blow up years later down the line when they both got way bigger than they, they were in 2006. But at this time, Jeezy had already, and we got to get the TM 101 at some point. I, I think know. That's, that's, that's going to be a three-hour yeah, show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was not an album every three months. Like that, That's going to be a whole <laughs> different type of show. But uh, the year before this, TM 101 blows up and Jeezy's one of the biggest rappers in the game. I, it's crazy because Jeezy just had, and that's the difference between, I think, Jeezy and Ross. Jeezy had so much on his side. Yeah. It's like you had Boys in the Hood, you had Diddy, you had the uh So Icy. Mm-hmm. You just had so much around Jeezy that like it, it you knew that was gonna be the, the yeah. one that blew up. Ross was the dark horse. He was, and that, that's what I'm getting at. If even at Port of Miami, it's hard to think that the Ross now was the Ross then. Because I remember back in the day, they were calling Ross just kind of the B level Jeezy. He was a C level Jeezy. Remember, he went to Boys in the Hood after Jeezy left. Oh, yeah, he did do that. But that, you know what is funny? I always think about that. It's like, that was just him just kind of being like puff. Like, how can I yeah. get closer to you? Like, right. right. That's one thing about Ross. He was like a master networker. Right. Like, he was going to be in the rooms that you wouldn't expect him in, really. And, yeah, I think that was more of that than just him following in Jeezy's footsteps, quote unquote. So he follows up Port of Miami with another album in 2008, Trilla. And this was the album 
that shocked a lot of people mm-hmm. because not only did it carry over, uh, they they carried over the high profile guest. This time Jay Z's on the album and, and instead of a bonus. Lil Wayne's on the album again. Yep. R. Kelly's on the album. <laughs> a lot of I mean, and that's the that's the very first time we hear the Maybach music franchise. Yes. That like yeah. that cemented Ross's career right there. Absolutely. Like when you when Ross is dead and gone, you're gonna think about Maybach music and just that what that sounds like. Him and Justice League, like yeah. that was a killer combo. And uh, I mean I love the runners too. Runners were all over. Oh, uh, yeah, they were, they were all over Port of Miami. But I feel like they had like a run that just kind of ended. Like I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know what happened with the runners. I feel like it, it was the runners, Justice League, and yeah. Cool and Dre all were like the sound bed to Ross and like those kind of artists at the right. time. And then as they kind of phased out, they, they phased, phased out, out which was kind of bad did or you, random. But did you see like producers now, TM One Hundred One or, or TM Eight Hundred Eight. Uh, Metro, all of them thriving. Yeah, the yeah. artists and becoming and beyond the artists and beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, you look at yeah, you look at. I mean, I think now hip hop is a lot more production based than mm-hmm. it was back in the day. But I don't even know if that's the reason. I don't know. They just kind of like Phased I don't out. know if these guys retired or what. Like it just right. seemed feel like they just stopped making music. Um. So Trilla comes out. Can we talk about this intro to Trilla? Shout out to Jay Z. Yes, <laughs> the ad lib. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to <laughs> all of the. Trilla intro is one of my favorite intros because it's literally Ross saying in the past year these are all the niggas that I that I knew that that I picked up and these Master are the people marketing. that I, exactly these Master are the people networker. that I've always knew and it was really kind of like his his mission statement you know what I'm saying like like he he said uh, I don't give a fuck about death because death don't give a don't, don't give a fuck about flesh. And I said, this man is on some other type of shit right now. now. Well, it's funny with Ross, like, and that's one thing I always appreciated about him. Like, he, I mean, back to being a dark horse, his was always the, the comeback story or mm-hmm. like the story of like, hey, like I'm about to make it happen no matter right. what. And, you know, that Trilla intro set the, that, that Trilla actually set the stage for what would become right. deeper than rap. Absolutely. Sound wise, lyric wise, and then even beef wise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> being a dark horse like that makes the branding of something like Maybach music a lot more organic than I think a lot of artists would try and strive for. I think there would, if I were to assume, I would assume that there would be a lot more artists that try and find that. And either you can't really find something that is organic as something that sticks to Ross, like a Maybach music, or you get into a position where you want to brand something like that, but then you get in trouble. I remember like Movado when he came out in 2006, a dance hall, a dance hall artist at that point in time uh, had to change his name because Movado Watches didn't want to deal with that type of content. So he had to change the MO to the MA. But Ross, I noticed he never really got in trouble with Maybach. How did he keep that? Even the chain was the Maybach logo. Yeah, I don't know. I've always wondered that, too. I feel like at the time, Maybach was the name of a Mercedes-Benz car and wasn't necessarily like the name of Mercedes-Benz. Right, okay. So that's probably how you kind of skirted around Civic it. Civic music. Yeah, you know, like, but... <laughs> Uh, also, I don't know. Maybe he just had a relationship, and also, I think a company like Maybach is like, oh, you're 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 promoting us in every single song, right? And it's not like he's promoting us <laughs> for in free. A bad, yeah, like <laughs> I think it just it looked good. Like they were like, okay, we're rolling with it. So, Josh mentioned the beef part of deeper in the rap, and as Ross becomes a bigger star, and let's just get into the the, the character of Rick Ross. 
Yeah. Rick Ross is a loquacious, outrageous. What a word. Liar. <laughs> in certain certain senses, or in the, in the best ways, in the best ways possible. In the best ways possible. I look at Ross as kind of like the the action movie star, where you, it's, it's, you're looking at you're looking at Steven Seagal. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're, you're looking at a Arnold character. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm like, it's hard to kill. Like literally, <laughs> like he's just like, and I mean, man, it's like you put the the. You don't even put the snitch jacket on him. Yeah. You put the damn near like cop, but not even a cop well, well, jacket. We're gonna on get him. to that. We're gonna get to that. Because uh, the CEO thing is like its own section, right? Because in 2008, 2009, as Ross gets bigger, uh, you know, figuratively and 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 you know what I'm saying, and status wise, Florida blows up too. Yep. So he's able to kind of maneuver without anyone asking these questions about and, him, about him. <laughs> and just more so about the character of Rick Ross, it was absolutely a character. Yeah. At the time, you didn't see Rick Ross without his sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him without his chain. <laughs> like, and it all the beard. Like, it wasn't like he never switched it up. Like, he, he very much branded himself. Had the beard chain. Yeah, the, the chain that had a chain. <laughs> the beard chain that had a chain on it. Like, and then they had the commercial where yes. it, like talked and like I just he really was a master marketer, master networker. He branded himself and like you couldn't get away from the beard, sunglasses, and just the voice. And he becomes in that year from Trilla to Deeper in the Rap, kind of the consigliere, the godfather of Florida as DJ Khaled starts to get popular, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. new artists start to get popular, like uh Ace Hood implies they, they it, you you start to think of Florida as Khaled Ross. And uh, implies. Yeah, and then you had you had T Pain as like the hook guy, yeah, and absolutely. like even just the the T Pain and, and Rick Ross kind of connection, like they had so many legendary records together, and it's like I, I think about the boss all the time, yeah. like just even that song, the boss, like yeah. <laughs> it's like he was really just setting the stage of being like I'm the mafioso mobster boss <laughs> of Florida, and to get through Florida or touch Florida, and, and in the South in general, yeah, you got to come and fuck come with me. me, yeah. And that was just you know, like I think that was just such a, um, I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know if that was his or like Shake or Def Jam or maybe Khaled, but I just love that persona because we we don't have that persona in hip hop anymore. But it flies in the face of, and you, you remember this too. In the late two thousands, people were saying it was the king. So mm-hmm. Ross says, "Y'all can say you the king. You can say you the best rapper alive." I'm the boss. I'm the boss. <laughs> like, yeah, what's a king? A king and a boss are like this. He's saying the same thing, but he's saying differently. It's different branding. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered how it was interpreted in other cities when on We Taking Over, he said he was the biggie of his city. Because in Miami and South Florida, obviously you understand where it comes from and where the respect is given. But I would assume, in, I, I would always assume in other cities, I'm like, would that piss others? New York was really pissed off about it because there was always that Def Jam connection. There always that Jay-Z connection. So it was never really disrespect. But I always wondered how that translated into other areas in the country. I feel like where I, where I was at, no, nobody like batting an eye, but I, I and I, this is a good moment to like talk about the, the tri-state's response to Florida and, and Rick Ross, but w- what about you, John? Yeah, no, I don't think anyone had qualms with it. I think, you know, it was who he was. Yeah. He was taking, like, if Biggie was still alive and still rapping, Biggie would have been what Rick Ross is being. Exactly. Uh, the boss. Like, that was mm-hmm. very much the lane Biggie was in. I think he, you know, was calling himself the king, but... And it was prophetic. Yeah. If you didn't believe it then... In a couple months, he was about to show you Man. <laughs> on Deeper to Rap. It was very prophetic that he said that because, again, we're still thinking of Ross as kind of like the A to B to C rapper. Trilla, Trilla had a couple of songs where he was straight up rapping. This is the life, mm-hmm. Maybach music with Jay-Z, where he was he was 
people don't want to admit this. He was neck and neck with Jay Z. Like, nah, the, I, I, that's why I said like Maybach music started on Trilla, and that set the stage for like the South can rap. Yeah, and we can rap really well. And then you had Maybach music. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, talk we'll, about we'll it. We'll get into part two yeah, yeah, yeah. on this, but there was a lot of attention from transplants like uh, Fat Joe and Lil Wayne. So they would always take Ross and Khaled on the trips with them. They would always take them on songs with them. And you also have people like Jay-Z, of course, but also mm-hmm. Dipset and Cameron and Jim mm-hmm. Jones, who were really big in Miami at this time, kind of bigging up Miami and Florida in general. That's where they all were all the time from, from mm-hmm. like 2003, 2002, all the way up. That was the party city, not LA at the time. It, it was it was definitely Miami. So like now you're starting to see Rick Ross become more of like a really like like a big trendsetter a, a, a influencer within florida and rick ross does one interview and i don't know if you guys remember this interview ed magic tv oh come on man this is a legendary <laughs> in our group chat come he, had on. Did, he had done a couple of interviews he did a, he did an interview with fader where he had the he had the red jacket on he talks about the boots the timberland boots. oh yeah rich guy, off, roc roc rich, rich off off cocaine <laughs> then the tattoo guy says who in the fuck are you and he said <laughs> boss <laughs> they gave him the two hundred fifty dollars. Man, <laughs> this is when you start to see the no, character the, come out. Yeah, literally, it was character building. That's what he was doing this whole run. Um, and you know, I think this Ed Magic one was yeah. just like him at his peak. He knew he had one there. Kevin Tate. I'm trying to make Kevin Tate a more legendary interviewer. Now, this is twelve minutes. Um, and if you haven't seen this before, it is how many how many questions does Kevin Tate ask in this interview? One, two. He might ask two. <laughs> He might ask two questions, questions before Rick Ross start minutes. asking him questions. Rick Ross Rick, talks for twelve minutes. It's very similar to, and I, I mean, I don't know if he got it from him, but it's very similar to the future and uh and uh Tim uh, Westwood. Tim Westwood. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm just going, I'm just going to do a monologue, and you can interject, <laughs> and I'm gonna just take you along. You're a character in my monologue. That's really what it was. And and it, it, some people would say that it was him being a character, but I say that it was him controlling his narrative because at that time he had to be careful about his about who was seeing the character and who was seeing the real Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. And we'll see why, you know what I'm saying, when, when certain things happen to him. But there's a moment in the interview, and I don't know if this is prophetic, but I always think about this moment because it was the funniest thing to me, everything around the interview. But this was a, there was a weird part of the interview where he said, a lot of people are saying there's beef with you and 50 Cent. And Rick Ross says, is there beef? And then Kevin Tate says, I don't know, I'm asking you. And then he completely changes the subject. But that, that always stuck out to me because... One thing about the 50 Cent beef is that we don't know why it started. No, this is why it started. It started because it literally started because of Ross. <laughs> yes. No, you understand. Ross allegedly okay. was messing with 50's baby mama. No. Yeah, and that's why the whole fucking house burned down and all that shit came out. Like that was all that. I didn't know that. And then that and then uh what's the song on Deeper the Rap? Uh, I'm blanking on. Uh, Cold Mafia Blood. music. Mafia music, yeah. Mafia music leaked way before the album it did. came out. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was Ross addressing that situation of like, oh, I'm fucking with your baby mama and all this shit. Yeah. And that's what kicked the beef off. Can't wait to pay her bills. Yeah, that's literally yeah. what kicked the beef off. Yeah. Uh, so it was just that. I, and I, who knows? I mean, I, I feel like at this point, I think maybe he was just okay. because like how 50 reacted to the beef. Like mm-hmm. 50 went and found his baby mama and it was yeah. a whole thing. So I, I'm almost positive he was. But um, but yeah, that was how I kicked off. It was all Ross. It was just a weird moment in that interview that I was like, because even Ross, if you go back and watch, even Ross is like, he drops the character for a second. He says, "Is there beef?" And, and that's like, what makes me think he was messing with Baby Mama. Right? He like, he got beef for me. I don't got beef for him. Because like, how would Kevin Tate know 
that they had boot. I had never heard of Ed Magic TV before then. Yeah, I mean, it was always grumblers on the internet. If you was on like allhiphop.com yeah. and the ill community, you was seeing, you was hearing shit. But that was like the kickoff too. And it was also because like, you know, 50 was beefing with Fat Joe yeah. and Khaled and they were all in pro- close proximity to yeah, Ross. saying nothing. Yeah, yeah. so Ross kind of was like, I'm going to take it on. Yeah. And you got to think about it. Ross, like we were saying before, Ross was running through New York. Like, mm-hmm. Ross wasn't just, like, some low-key nigga. He was out there. Yeah. So, it, I, I could very well see it being some personal shit that went to wax. So, speaking of 50 Cent, let's get to 50 Cent in 2009. We have to. Uh, yeah, we have to. I mean, I, I would say, Josh, you might not agree. Mark, you might not agree. I would say 50 Cent going into 2009 was a little bit hobbled. I think that he had lost some pretty high profile kind of skirmishes like the Kanye thing people yeah. would people would say that he lost that and then he was beefing with Fat Joe and Jada Kiss and you could you could see that he was kind of stretching himself thin with all of these beefs yeah i think that's what it was it was like you lost the the, the Kanye beef or you know it wasn't even a beef, beef the sales yeah. beef but then also i think a big part of it was you know New York that record yeah Fat Joe Jada Kiss uh Ja Rule like that record wasn't supposed to be a big record. Mm-hmm. And it just it blew up in his face. I think he couldn't listen to the radio, couldn't walk around the city without <laughs> hearing that record. And it was one of the records that was like, yo, it's a rallying cry against this villain. And I think there was that was the time he was like, okay, I got to spread my beef out. Yeah. I got to beef with the South. <laughs> and that's what I think happened. Like, I was just like, I, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. And um, he was throwing shots at Lil Wayne at the time, little shots about the kissing stuff. And yeah. He was throwing little shots at Lil Wayne, but Lil Wayne wouldn't respond. Yeah, I mean, Rain, Wayne shot away from all beefs. I yeah. feel like, yeah. But I, I like Fifty was like, yo, I like Fifty's a bully, right? And Fifty <laughs> was just pull, playing into that. He wasn't gonna like shy away from that. And like, I think beyond just a regional beef, it was also Fifty being like, I'm just trying to protect the the manhood of hip hop. <laughs> I think that's what it was more than anything. It's like you got these soft rappers like Jaru singing. You got these these rappers in the South kissing each other and like, nah, it ain't cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm not on that. And you got Kanye from the Midwest dressing all weird. <laughs> and like, I think he was just trying to preserve the, the, the bravado of hip hop. And but, that blew up in his face. Cause look at hip hop now. But do you feel, do you feel like, uh, hip hop as a whole? Hey, I won't say started passing him by I me. Mean, you, you could see like his cells started sagging. I think, uh, before I self destruct, was 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 out in two thousand nine or, or something? That like might that. have been. It came out later. I think I think yeah. it came out after Deep in the Rap. That was because Massacre was like. When did Massacre come out? Oh five. Okay. Massacre See, was two thousand five. Uh, before I self destruct took so long to come out because yeah. that was something that he was preparing after Curtis. I'm sure the reception to Curtis, especially Curtis was as it was positioned at graduation, that was something that probably did not make him happy. So as that happens, he goes okay. Y'all don't like Curtis? I'm going to go back to the mixtapes. And that is when This Is 50 started getting a little bit more traction, a little bit more bubbling. And mm-hmm. he put out the This Is 50 tapes. He started linking back up with Banks and Yayo and created the original three and went back to the original three <laughs> of G-Unit. Started trying to piss off Fat Joe again, putting out those tapes. And then we got the, the, the G-Unit album before that. And then Before I Self-Destruct, dealt with multiple issues of trying to get a single out, mm-hmm. trying to get something that's popping. Until it came out at damn near the end of 2009. So, yeah, it was a tough time. It was a tough time for a lot of big 50 Cent fans. It was not fun to try and see him try and strike on a single and try and get nice again and try and get warm as a, as huge of a year as it was for hip hop in 2009 with all of these new artists and new life being breathed into a lot yeah. of these things. It was tough. And and one, one thing that was underrated, too, and I spoke about this earlier, the unity of people in Miami. And, and again, like Atlanta, we think about it, Atlanta kind of cooled down a little bit. 
before they took off completely from 2011 on. So Miami had it at the time at, mm-hmm. at this point. But it, you got to think of like with 50 Cent, he's not really well liked. There are no no one's going to come to his aid here. And I think he he was hobbled and he allowed himself or not allowed himself. Or he, he was vulnerable enough to be bullied by someone else. And that bully was Rick Ross. Yeah, no, and that's why I said like Rick Ross absolutely started that beef. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> saw a weak target and was like, okay, this is this is what I can do. And I mean, the timing of it all was just so crazy because yeah. it was like it was what Ross needed and it was what Fifty needed. Yeah, because Fifty it gave Fifty so much energy and new life and like people you know, weren't talking about him before this. It it had become Lil Wayne is the hottest rapper out. Wow, this Jay Z Jay Z keeps coming back. Uh, Rick Ross is pop. Jeezy was popping. I mean. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, if you could you say people replaced Fifty with Jeezy at one point? Uh, I don't know. Cause I, I can't really say Fifty was ever replaced because like Fifty was making like hard gangster rap. Yeah, and I don't think any of them was ever making that. I think Jeezy was very much trap music and mm-hmm. like BMF strip club music, yeah. and like Fifty was still making like workout. I call it buff rap. <laughs> buff. Oh, yeah, yeah I've said that before. I call it buff rap. Yeah, it's like <laughs> aftermath was like a buff rap fucking gym. They were just pumping out buff rappers. What 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 were your thoughts? And I know we kind of touched on this too on the, on the Give Richard I Trying uh, episode. But after Curtis, where was Fifty Cent at with you guys? I think that's for me personally. I think that's when he started to transition into like hip hop mogul. Yeah, like this is Fifty. You mentioned that, and it was like vitamin a lot water. Of, yeah, vitamin water. It was it was mm-hmm. also like yeah, like I'm 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 bigger than rap. It was almost like he was damn near ready to retire then. Do you feel like Game kind of hit his credibility a little oh, bit? Oh, no. It was so many people pulling at his armor. Yeah, yeah. It was so, And that's the thing. It's like what you say, spread thin with the beefs. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't defend yourself from all these guys. Yeah. And at some point, they all kind of just ganged up on him. <laughs> and, but I, I do think, like I said, it was like, you know, you had Vitamin Water. You had This Is 50. You had all the little... He was still doing the DVD shit. Like, mm-hmm. even not even so much the DVDs, but just putting out the little episodes, like Pimpin' Curly. Like, yeah. that was mm-hmm. keeping him relevant and, like, keeping him, like, in our face. And, yeah. like, even if we didn't like the music, we were like, oh, shit. 50's still crazy as fuck. I didn't like that he was kind of hitting Cameron, like poking Cameron with a stick. I mean, yeah, Cameron even that, was the cock shit. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like even the, the, the back and forth with Dipset and Cam, like that was even like, it was like, yeah, 50 was just showing that he's bigger than the music at this point. Yeah. He's like, I've sold millions of records. So my next album sells 2 million or 8 million. It's still bigger than all y'all albums ever. Yeah. That was kind of his stance at the time. <laughs> Damn near diamond at this point, by the way. Yeah, too. Yeah. Almost a 10 million. Uh, but I mean, there was something that he couldn't prepare for, and that was that was mafia music. I got a feeling, nigga, really that my money be the roof. Look up at the stars, she like honey with a roof. Pull up in the dogs, canaries that go on roof. Even once had a job on top on a roof. So let's talk about mafia music. And when this track leaked, I heard it on Not Right, and and SK was rightful and rightfully so, like everyone on the internet, they were saying, "Holy fucking shit, Rick Ross." Is is he dissing Fifty Cent? And, and better than that, is he dissing Floyd Mayweather too? Because this was around the time yeah. when Floyd Mayweather had controversy about his, his money being fake or man, like yeah, that. it was like and it was so funny. That's the thing about Ross. It's like you say things are just obviously just like not even true or real, <laughs> but it's like you just he says it with such conviction. He's like a preacher, straight face. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like what, it. like. Yeah. All right, but all right, I'm gonna believe it. And yeah, that mafia music was one of those tracks. Like he was saying things that you were just like, "Is that true?" So I mean, where were you guys at when you heard it? I mean, from the beginning, like the opening organs, 
when you hear it, it's it's almost like Hail Mary in a sense. It's almost like like yeah. like, a, a, like people don't look at it as a diss record. It's it's a it's actually like a scathing ass diss record. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I was in I was in front of my computer on the right. Like I remember I I like I forgot what the artwork for it was even when it leaked. It might have just been like a photo of Ross. It was a photo of Ross at the at that house. I think that's where he did the the deeper than rap photo shoot. At. Yeah, so he was already working on the album. And I want to talk about that too. And I want to get what you guys uh, your thoughts about when he recorded this album and how he or did he know he was dissing Fifty throughout this? Because this album has about four Fifty Cent disses in it, and they're they're just put in the album as if nothing else is wrong. But I want to talk about some of the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite lines off the record is uh. Listen to the niggas like whistling at Wendy Williams. <laughs> like, that's a bar. Decipher that, though. Like, I mean, it's just like, why would I listen to you niggas? Like, and if I was to listen to you niggas, I might as well go holler at Willie, Wendy Williams. And I would never do that. And uh, at the time, Wendy was just like, you know, she was just the, the ugly of New York. <laughs> and, and there were so many, uh, there were so many things in Deeper in the Rap. And we're talking about the album Improper here, but we're going to talk about Mafia music because the, the album opens with this song. There's so many songs on this album, uh, Josh, that seem autobiographical. And he's talking about his life, where he says, you know, uh, Creflo play, uh, pray, Mike Vick pay, Bobby Brown, Robbie Brown straight, Whitney lost weight, Kimbo slice on the pad when I write that Mayweather money looking funny in the in the light. How crazy! And, and we be we're still using funny in and the light. And that's my team. Now you understand, like that goes back to him being a lyricist, like. No one was rapping yeah. like this. Yeah. He was rapping. Like, he was like, yo, I'm a diss this nigga, but I'm a rap at you. And, like, 50 can't hang. Like, honestly, 50 can't hang with these type of bars. Are you saying this? Or are, are, are you admitting At the this time. Now? No, I, I'll admit that at the time. And right now, 50, 50 was very much a brash bully. He going to be yeah. like, fuck you, you lame. Yeah. Ross is going to say it in a cool-ass way to just make it feel good. Like, these songs were like, is it a diss? Is it? Like, you were kind of, like, on the fence. Like, is it a diss? Or is he just great wordplay? Yeah, yeah. And, you know. I mean, I mean he's disses Fantasia randomly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Just, just randomly disses Fantasia. Go ahead, MC. I was going to say this why you had records like Tia told me, where he's just going for low blows, trying yeah. to get disqualified <laughs> in the match, whereas Ross is trying to, you know, get the three count and... <laughs> 50's outside grabbing the chair, grabbing the ring bell, and it's trying. And it, it worked for. I'm, I'm pretty sure for most young niggas, it probably worked. Especially, at least for me, when I heard Tia told me, I was like, "Oh no, 50's gonna win this because he got a video yeah. of so and so doing X, Y, and Z." And yeah. back then, in those early renditions of blogging and those websites where it. pretty much there were no rules or anything of that nature where you can really have like policing things like that of niggas saying oh it's kind of corny because if you were to do that in 2008 <laughs> 2009 everybody would be like boo oh shut the fuck up and i'm sure a whole bunch of different words could be said for that but now it's it's looked at at a different light now that you're a little bit older and realize okay ross had a much different lane than this and he didn't that what we would have seen it when we were like 17 18 years old so prophetic also and and again this this comes out before the album before all the allegations come out mm-hmm. autobiographical stuff uh banned in 1994 but i'm too legit to quit 1996 kilos was the shit but that was better than roofing that shit be bad for your skin he's talking about yeah. the shit he's done to get here yeah. on the song no because i mean his story like i said was like a a, a really a started from the bottom story yeah, like Ross was not look. If you look at old photos, you see Ross in old videos. He just looks like a goon number two in the back. I remember <laughs> I seen him in like some random like Trina video. He had like a Lakers jersey on, no beard. He just looked Get like nigga, hat. you rap. 
are do you are you securing the premises <laughs> and like now it's like yo like he's like yo i i thought about it i came up with the strategy to come up mathematically like he really was like i'm about to do this and i'm gonna do it this way um another i mean we got to get to the line here as well uh love to pay your bills can't wait to pay your rent curtis jackson baby mama i ain't asking for a seat oh a seat you gotta see the seat burn down the house nigga you gotta buy another don't forget the gas can the gas can jealous, jealous, stupid stupid motherfucker. Motherfucker. so if you don't know about this line 50 Cent and his baby mom were going through it. They were, they were embroiled in a big legal mm-hmm. uh, uh, issue about uh, a house that burned down. Uh, and and it, was, it was alleged that it was burned down for insurance fraud. Yep. And so Rick Ross is basically saying, oh, yeah, this was true, by the way. But I, I don't know how it's true, but this is true. Don't forget the gas can. Because I believe that was, one of the, that was some of the evidence that they found by the house was a gas can. So, mm-hmm. it, again, it, it, it burned down while she was in the house. Yeah. Mind you, like she was living there. He was trying to get her to pay rent. This is yeah. what it was. He was trying to get her to pay rent or like he had stopped giving her money because I think the kid was 18 at the time or mm-hmm. something of that fa- uh, matter. He's a strange son. Yeah. yeah. And he ended up burning the house down while mm-hmm. she was living there. And I mean, come on. Like, that's some 50 shit shit to do. <laughs> like, I can't wait till we get the real 50 cent movie. Like, not get rich or die trying, but yeah. the real 50 cent movie. It's just going to be crazy. And, and And that was, again, he's still, as Josh said earlier, he's embroiled in this as this is going on the timing of this is hilarious so that's why i'm kind of like i'm like damn was he really like talking to her during this whole point because i'm like fuck that's that's crazy he had to be he had to be i just i in my mind and maybe i'm gossiping on some hip-hop shit i just believed that he was fucking with her at the time and he took offense so and and again uh this could be a line for her i open up her mind by opening bacon counts to deposit 100 stacks break up won't take it out baby that's a gift Maybe, Maybe you, you can, can live. live. I knew it wouldn't work, but I just like to give. <laughs> Come on, man. Used to run the street, young nigga bare feet. Now I'm in the sweets and, and I'm eating crab meats. meats. The way he the said that. Crab meats. The way he said that, I'm like, all right, Ross. You, you couldn't deny it, but it also set the tone for the rest of this fucking album. You, there, there's no doubt about it. Like you would think that he could have he could have left this song, this this song off the album. Yeah. He, he could have. But he started the album with he it. He starts the and album. And that's with the it. energy that was needed. And mind you, the three choices for the remix that comes out a little bit later: <laughs> Ja Rule, <laughs> The Game, and Fat Joe. Yeah, he knew what it was. With like the, that remix had the greenest line I've ever heard. Which one? Where he's where he's he's talking about Fifty Cent's son, and he's having sex with the baby mom, and he's like, uh, he, he what what does he say? Uh, what's Fifty Cent's son name? Uh, Marquis. Marquis. Knox. Marquis stops. Then I give him Fifty Cent. That's Marquis pops. <laughs> Amen. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not Rat laughing. Rap beef, man. Rap beef. <laughs> Nobody was getting this disrespectful. Rap beef. No one talks about that line because let's be clear. This line comes out in 2002, like when Ether was coming out, niggas was apologizing to their moms and shit after saying shit like that. Yeah. Rick Ross is definitely being, well, being attacked for that. And that's my thing too. I think even with Ether, it's like that's why you knew Jay Z was just a different type of guy because the apologies <laughs> and shit. It's like nigga, what? We going there? Like, because because the crazy part is, it's like. Nas was going there. Yeah. Everybody was going there. Jay was just like, this is vulgar. Jay knew Jay knew he was gonna make a billion dollars one day. He was like, let me take, let me run some of this back. Let me walk this back real quick. But he said something crazy. He said, you know what? My bad. Wipe super ugly off the face of you can't find super yeah. ugly off of, off of YouTube today. Like you, you know can't what's funny? find it at all. People, and we might have talked about this on the show before. Super Ugly was hard out here. Yeah, it was guess, a fucking yeah. nocturnal beat. Yeah. And everybody else hated it because they didn't like the nocturnal beat. <laughs> Like when they played on the radio out here, he won. <laughs>
It was being played. Th- it was being played that much out here in, in California. I mean, when it dropped, they played on the radio for sure. I think um, Felly Fell, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, because you just had to. It was, yeah, it was, it was the time, like, yeah. and Felly Fell was like a, a big dog pit bulls. Yeah, he was a part of that crew. So like, that was. I remember listening to that at like eight o'clock. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> the response. <J-Z> dish. Yeah, <laughs> the response. I already heard it on the internet, but I was just like, fuck, I want to hear the radio play. <laughs> so mm. about this Fifty Cent Rick Ross beef, I think it's safe to say we were all blindsided by it. We didn't know really where this is coming yeah. from. And of course, 50 responds immediately. And I think the timing of this is crazy too, because a couple months before this, Smoking Gun, that old website that used to reveal like yeah. government secrets and shit like that. What a throwback name. Oh my God. Right. For some strange reason, Smoking Gun released a video or, or a picture of Rick Ross. It looked like it was from 1979. <laughs> <laughs> that picture looked old as fuck. It might have, that's the crazy part about it. It could have been really old because it was like his graduation. Yeah. <laughs> it was like his CEO. So it was like the beginning of his CEO career. <laughs> Smokey Gun had the, had, the, had the article, Rick Ross, CEO, exposes the CEO. How the fuck did he get out of this, no. man? <laughs> he owns 200 wing stops now. <laughs> the picture comes out. Rick Ross says nothing. So. For 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 Rick Ross to know that picture's out there, then proceed to diss Fifty Cent, one of the biggest like people you could ever diss. Who knows and will dig up all this stuff. Has teams of people who actually go today to go find shit and dirt on people and bring it back. Rick Ross, uh, Rick Ross does this. Fifty Cent immediately brings up the, the CEO stuff and launches digital warfare against Rick Ross. Oh my god! Im- immediately, honest to God, Fifty Cent digital warfare is is crazy, especially then crazy i like honestly i thought about that time because i think about you know you got the ross and Khaled situation remember when he had the video of Khaled's mom sleeping yeah. at her store yes like that nigga's crazy I wanna, I wanna, that wasn't the word was like, i want to tell somebody i want to tell you something that somebody told me like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, i, I want to tell you what somebody told me what somebody told me she is asleep i said cut the cut the cameras bro the like, cameras and I, word around town is uh, allegedly, I don't want to spread this was from our Bronx legend here, French but it was French Montana on the camera. Yeah, it was Alleg- allegedly, oh. it was French Montana on the camera. It was French Montana. That's hilarious. Then French Montana and, and Cal are cool now, right? Yes. Okay. I Absolutely. Think. By all means. Yeah. <laughs> very very yeah. cool. That's Especially crazy. with him and Ross. It was French. Yeah. I think he confirms it himself That's that it was him. Wow. So again, this happens. The baby mama stuff happens. there, And he gets sued for releasing the video of his baby mom's getting dug out. Uh, for some revenge. Porn oh shit. yeah, then that 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 was I was gonna mention that. Then you had the 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 it wasn't even revenge porn because like he paid the baby mama to do this shit. Okay, like she was like paid and like she wanted to do that. Yeah, it was revenge to Rick Ross, it's like your baby <laughs> mama, but she was like a part of the plan. The whole thing, the whole time, y'all. Rick Ross's mum's the word. Whatever, <laughs> doesn't give a shit, doesn't say anything, and then it happens. Double XL article comes out. Rick Ross says, "Yeah, it's me." It's me. <laughs> it's me on the phone. I want to. I want to bring up this interview real quick. Oh man, please, because I'm like, I, I really don't. Oh yeah, he did. Redress, he addressed it, but like in a very like gangster way. He and put the, the he put the hell of a spin on it. While they were being quiet, and uh, the double XL article was making its was making its way, I ended up realizing that things were getting a little bit hotter just based on what was going on, on the internet. And there was a Trapaholics cover. That ended up saying in bold, bold letters with some of the best art and imagery that I've ever seen on a Trapaholics cover. Is it Po Boy or Po Po? And I say, guys, 
I think I think Ross is in trouble because even though they had like a solid 16, 17 tracks, great Ross records. Niggas was still fucking with him. No, niggas was still fucking Honestly, with him. I never it, like the whole CO thing. He spun it so well. Hold on, I, I got the quote. Yeah, I got the quote. He says. Yeah, that was me. He says, me not answering or addressing that situation has nothing to do with my career. I've accomplished enough and I've made enough money for me to be good. Yes, it was me in those pictures, but I'm going to tell you this. Me taking that job, I was doing my job. You understand what I mean? Yeah, you <laughs> understand stuff, what that mean? The stuff I talk about is real. The dope is real. The gun talk is official. Look mm-hmm. up Kenneth Booby Williams. Look where he's from. That's nothing to be proud of. I wish that on no man. But just to let you know, that's what I witnessed. It's a reality. I cannot discuss certain people that are still in the streets, and I will not. I took a street oath, and I'm going to live by that, and I'm going to die by that. And it's not about a music career, because that shit, I'm good. It's about me being in the sh- It's about me and being in the streets. Booby gang, man. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like he... He blanketed himself in like this whole uh, criminal organization <laughs> to where you would you like that response was great because then I was like we can't ask you about that that's then we snitching we asking you police work yeah but it was like then you had people come out and be like nigga you're not even a part of booby gang <laughs> <laughs> trick daddy being one of them he's like it's like what is he talking about but he continues to drop freestyles and music on the way this is the beginning of the Rick Ross vlog era with Spiff TV oh yeah yep. if you guys remember that with the you, you'll never escape that font. That deeper mm-hmm. the rap font yeah. never went away. I'm about to, oh, I'm about to use that. <laughs> that font, we might have to find that font for yeah. this episode. I don't know. That font never went away. So he had Kiss My Pinky Ring, which was which was a big uh, freestyle at the time. He started rapping over New York instrumentals mm-hmm. to diss 50 Cent. That's when he rapped on Rock Him, right? Yes, he did he did uh, Rock Him. I think Know the Ledge yeah. was one of them. <laughs> well, that's such a Ross beat to pick. <laughs> Because Ross is a real hip hop fan, that's a thing. Student. Like he's a student of the game, and like he made sure he did this the right way. He's like, I'm gonna diss you on the shit that that you need to be dissed on. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. spank you. Continuing on in, in this in this double XL interview, <clears throat> Ross says, uh, when, when when Fifty say he'll he that he'll uh, he'll ruin somebody's life. Rick Ross says, where I come from, it takes an AK-47 to do that. Cartoons, we laugh. Funny. You put on a wig, come out the closet. Funny. At the end of the day, we. <laughs> We in the streets finna drop another number one album. We press it on. Uh, and, he, and he says, uh, my freestyles, as you could hear them, kiss my pinky ring. I do them in 20 minutes and put them out there, he said. This whole empire crumbles. People listening to how potent the music is. That's all that it really is for me. And he's right. Because mm-hmm. as it stands, and somehow he knew this, he knew he had a better body of work than what 50 Cent was putting out and what he would put out later that year. Yes. And that's what he was banking on. Mm-hmm. yeah no nah, he was like i think and that's the thing it's like he he was relentless in his like spin <laughs> of it yes. all he was just like i'm gonna just keep spinning and y'all gonna just got to just deal with me yeah and i mean shit like he he fought right through it yeah absolutely so that brings us to deeper than rap the album drops april 21st i believe 2009 begins with mafia music we spoke on that continues with and i and i guess we gotta we gotta touch on this too the production of deeper than rap yeah, no, I like that's one thing that I really want to touch on because that was the beginning of the the Khaled We the Best era. I yeah. feel like for me, I, my, We the Best did that come out before Deeper the Rap. Um, we the Best was two thousand seven. By the mm-hmm. time that Deeper the Rap was out, We Global was out. So Khaled already had uh, Go Hard with Kanye and T Pain yep. cooking up. He okay. had uh, what else was on that album? We Global is one of the more underrated, uh, not underrated, the under talked about. Khaled I like the. It had another boot. It had it had uh, out here grind. 
Was it I want to say out here ground. Let me take a look. Let me take yeah. a look. I don't I really talk about grinding. We Global enough as but we I, talk about the I other. I think production albums. wise, though, you had Justice League, you the had Incredibles. The Incredibles, you had The Runners, um, and then Ross being a student of the game, you had Bink. Bink mm-hmm. did cigar music. Mm-hmm. You had um, DJ Toomp did fucking. Um, what did Toomp do? Toomp did uh, Valley of Death. Valley of Death, mm-hmm. which is, but that's a, it's funny because you don't really think of Toomp to be like a sample guy, right. but he is mm-hmm. though. No real like 808s on that either. Yeah, like, but he is a sample guy. And it's like, you got Valley of Death, which is, that's one of the ones on the album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Drummer Boy. Drummer Boy was on there. Uh, I hated that song. Though. He did Face, huh? Yeah, Face. Yeah, that was one of the ones I didn't like. Who did Usual Suspects? Uh, Usual Suspects was The Incredibles. Incredibles. Incredibles yeah. from, from Virginia, from, uh, from uh, oh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had also The Dream one there. So again, Major production there. Major mm-hmm. people on this album. Tricky Stewart did that one to dream, huh? Yeah. Yep. Second song we'll hear, Maybach Music 2, featuring Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and T-Pain. Now, tell me if there's a moment when you know Rick Ross has he finally crossed it. over. He's Man, made it. That's one, of, that's one of Wayne's best verses, too. Yeah, how did All you black Maybach, I'm sitting in the asshole. That's, Niggas hated that. On. Niggas yeah, did not like nigga, that. Niggas did not like that. <laughs> but it's like, nigga, I'm literally sitting in the back. Of, like, it's, My thing is like... That's what Maybach music was. Right. It was bossed up chauffeur music. Like everybody was driving their own cars. You got to remember, yeah. we in the back of this motherfucker, yeah. right? And that's what we personify, and that's what we putting out there. Yeah. And like I don't think, I don't know. People hate that line, but it's like, I, I mean, that's it. that's on the low totem pole of, of sus Lil Wayne lines. <laughs> Come on, like it's so much more. Like you go, you go on for days. <laughs> that's like the beginning of it, basically. I think, I think, what well, I think again, you got to remember in 2009, this is Lil Wayne. This is peak. He's gay era. <laughs> peak. He's kissing baby. Peak. Uh, we're not paying any attention to him, but Lil Wayne was still on his run. This was like the peak of his run right here before he goes to jail. So like him getting a uh, Rick Ross, getting him twice, by the way, on, on all of his albums is is, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But this album's, cr- this, I mean, this song is crazy. I mean, Kanye's verse insane. Uh, T Pain with on, on the hook. One of one of my favorite made, but what, what's your what, what's your favorite made music? So, so the first one was obviously him and Jay, and that ended up being so big because Ross was like, "I got one of the biggest Jay Z, I got one of the most important Jay Z verses it, of it all was. time." It was at Jay-Z the time, was talking yes. that shit. At the time, yes, very much so. Two was so cool because Kanye was in. Kanye uh, had literally just uh, a couple months removed from creating damn near a new genre with 808s. Everybody was so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it was, it was much varied opinion on that. And they ended up coming back on this rap in 2009 was a pretty good rap year May- for three, Kanye. Maybach three was important. Cause that was when him and T.I. squashed the beef and he was on mm-hmm. that one with Jadakiss. Important flex. Teflon Don to me. I mean, one day we got to talk about it. That's a New York ass album. New York yeah. fucked with that album hard. Yeah, yeah. New York loved Teflon Don. I agree. They very, loved that shit. Maybach four, nobody leaning. was on it. Maybach five ends up being a lot later than I think. Maybach five ends up being on Port of Miami two. Wait, was there a Jay Z Lost Verse version? This says Maybach Music two, the Lost Verse. That's probably Cap. It's probably That's like probably one, one of them. Bland- it's AI. Yep. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably a Jay Z verse from Memphis Bleak album or some shit. They took it off. Hold on, I gotta look it's into it. It's a black this. album verse. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> want to rhyme like Hove. You gonna be like, yeah, I know this shit already. <laughs> I gotta look into this. Oh, I, I would say three is my favorite. Three, three? is my favorite. Yeah, because the 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 uh the part where Ross starts rapping and the beat breaks down and it sounds like the fucking Conan the Barbarian uh uh movie and, and, and <laughs> that shit. And my favorite part is when he says, oh. <laughs> Everybody knows <laughs> how the story goes. Fire. Jada, Jada killed it. Jada yeah. wanna do you realize when Teflon Donnie had Jada and Styles on one album? That's some that's some real like student of the game type shit. 
Styles is on uh Styles is on BML. Be on F. Was Jada on? He's on Maybach music. Oh yes, you're right. Yes. He had both of them on on, on, one, on one album. Come on, man. We're, we're Gucci man. Come on, man. But third song on here, Magnificent. This would start his uh he loves to have an R and B nigga on his on his singles, on his first singles. So this one he gets to he gets John Legend. And the next time he gets Magnificent, Neo. Magnificent, yeah. Magnificent is a great song. Magnificent is great. It's a great song. I, my I like favorite R and B feature on this album though is um my boy White Soul. Avery Robin. Storm. No, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Oh, Robin Thicke? I'm like, wait, Bro, what? I fully you like believe, Layback? I fully, but the runs that he was hitting on Layback. Oh, he was like, <laughs> Bro, I fully believe that there was lines of coke in the studio. And he was like, you ready for this? And he went in and did a line and did. that. Those lines are legendary. <laughs> I was like, yo, this could kill that. Layback is a fire song, too. I don't know where the, where Layback sits in front of R&B Ross. R&B Ross... I would put here I am. I will put here I am above it. I mean, but here that's I am all true, obviously. But. Here, but layback is. is uh, uh, we talking look. about we talking about deeper than rap, and layback is one of the ones on there. I like layback more than I like bossy lady. Oh, okay, bossy. <laughs> yeah, the okay, bosses girl. Bosses yeah, it's girl. Like, that shit is crazy. <laughs> Hold on, let's look, at, let's look at some of these. Uh, let's look at some of these verses. Uh, I gotta listen to this lost verse Maybach music too, man. I think this is real. I remember this. I remember Jay Z being on no. I remember Jay Z being on two versions of it. Ross gets a third verse on layback that I think is the greenest. That there was no reason for him to say any of this on his verse. He says, "I'm too tipsy to drive. She's so sexy tonight. Man ain't treating you right. His bank account empty inside. Shorty, you need a plus. You need a rush. No need to lie, baby. You need to fuck." <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> horny man is, Ross is, is yeah. highly underrated. He's not necessarily horny. Like Ross got lines about like. I'm gonna get on top. Like what? Like, <laughs> what you mean? Like he got some crazy lines. Uh, my car's a virgin. First one to hit it, hit the rim shop just to get him in there, <laughs> just to get him to the stop by our mama house. That's if I'm feeling good. <laughs> like what? Doesn't mean anything. Just what? I, I'm shocked that you like the Robin Thicke song. I love Layback. That's one of my. I, I definitely never skipped that. But there's some skippable tracks on this album. At the end, I say I say the the first run, and then like the like toward the end, is, it starts losing steam, but. What do we feel about Yacht Club featuring Magazine, who is an MMG Jamaican I love artist? Yacht Club. There's a party <laughs> going on. All the girls are welcome to the Yacht Club. My magazine. Let them in. Who could have a, a, a name where you could be like, you know what, Magazine? Let them in. Man. Come on, man. Legendary shit. Oh, also, me. on Magnificent, I just thought about this. I love that John Legend, like his ad-libs on the first hook. He's like, Rick Ross, John Legend, we the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why I'm like that. That's why it made me think about like the we the best era. Because like Khaled was very, I think he was executive producer of this album too. Yeah. Very instrumental in this. This actually was one of the last albums that Shakira Stewart worked on too. Mm -hmm. He passed away like shortly before its release. Uh, he passed away in yeah. April. I he think. passed away in April. This, this was, and this came out April 21st, so yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is one of the last ones he worked on. Um, And yeah, this is just, I don't know, this is one of them albums that I feel like really, it was like Ross taking it to the next level. Yeah. And then from here, it's just like, he was just like on a plateau. It's like, okay, like I'm, I'm for real. I want to get to a, ver a line on Yacht Club that when I first heard it, I liked Ross already. Okay, I thought Trilla was was great. This was a verse that or this was a line that made me just run the whole fucking song back. He's, <laughs> and he says, "Kill all the middlemen. I'm the militant Gilligan, speaking Creole gentleman as I cruise the Caribbean. Oh Lord, I'm a star down to Saint Bart's. The fat Tommy Lee I made out with like eight broads. Hey man, 
Is it cat? If it's cap, let me know. I, Come at on, this man. point, you had to give it up to him, bro. Yeah. It, it, this guy can rap. This guy is him. He's no Ross is a rapper. He was really like one of my favorite songs on there too. Is is Gunplay? Yeah, he killed that shit. Like he really came in and was like, "Yo, I'm about to out rap these niggas. Like, fuck, just bullying, and, and and I'm about to rap better than these New York rappers." And yeah, that line was one of them. I think, man, even Usual Suspects. Like he That's went bar song. to bar with fucking Nas. That was the next song mm-hmm. we're gonna get to. Yeah, on cigar music, he says, "I'm the down south Nas," and this motherfucker went and got Nas. <laughs> and Loki might have had a better verse than Nas on that record. You think so? I think so. I Not think even so. Nas with the DJ Khaled shout out. That was Nas and his like. Mm, years like he was just <laughs> like Pop is dead was what two years before that oh six so this was a very interesting was, time for nas this is when he tried to say ring. hey guys my next name my next album name nigger nigger and everybody was like nah so then he put out the nigger tape and then he tried to uh put the slave and the master out so interesting time for nas as ross ended up getting him but but it was uh, important because the last time nas at work with somebody from the south was little john no in, in 05? 04? Quick to back down? Quick to back down, yeah. Damn. <laughs> what a record that was. That was a great record. <laughs> we just got to do a black print around that record. First of all, I'm a Braveheart <laughs> veteran. And you You're already, you already know who I'm better than. Who knows? I'll tell you one thing. If they never had I Declare War, Nas would still be dissing Jay-Z. <laughs> He was not going to let that shit. He low-key be still dissing Jay-Z on some of these little uh, Magic, boy tapes. Yeah. Yeah. King disease. He'd be talking shit. Tapes. He, but what are you saying about Jay? He'd be tape. saying little jabs. Little jabs. It's funny. Yeah, he said, he said he'd be texting. I forgot what the line was. He was like, yeah, we'd be texting Jay and giggling about Ether or some, or some shit like that. I was like, that is very mature, you Nas. But I, I, I honestly I realize that this... Yeah, exactly. It's something that uh, it's something it, that I feel like it's something deep down. He sent a text to Jay and say, "Oh, hey, yo, what's up? What's up, man? It's Nas." And next thing you know, that shit turned green. Man. Yeah, that, Jay be like, "Who?" <laughs> he, he, he's here. blocking the shit out that nigga. Uh, All I really want, featuring the dreams, the next song on here. Uh, interesting beat. All I really want sound like sound like some like I don't even know what this it sound, sound like. Some like. tricky Stewart shit, tricky ass <laughs> beat. It just sound like something that was like this is a single before he even recorded the song, like. Uh, then we get to their Justice League produced "Rich Off Cocaine," which is a lot of people's Man, favorite song. One of my favorite songs on, on this there. song or on this album. Um, if you needed more proof that this motherfucker rap, this is the one. This is Man. this is one of the songs. This is one of my favorite Rick Ross songs of all time. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of fucking songs, but this one is the one where it was there was a level of introspection that you never really heard from him before, but you didn't really hear in music at the time, especially not popular mainstream music. He was introspective on a level of, of Nas or Jay-Z of talking about where he had been. And up to this point, it's been mostly like party tracks other than mafia music. And yeah. then he gets kind of serious on this song. Yeah, nah. Rich Off Cocaine was like very much his, um, I want to compare it to something, but it was like his like, uh, it's like, it, it feels like that could fit on like one of those classic Jay-Z albums. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, this is Unreasonable Doubt or something like that. He's just like, mm-hmm. it's over a cool little sample um shout out to who's was that every storm on there yeah every storm every shout out to every storm yeah, I mean, he, he you, killed the hook you, you shocked me because i thought you were going to talk about rich uh rich on cocaine and then you said layback and i was like oh I, oh <laughs> no i love layback though <laughs> still says that the fucking runs <laughs> <laughs> but uh no like i don't know ross just really that was it being one of your favorite tracks i respect that because that was one of the ones it's like okay like uh he has one of my favorite lines on there too um chickens put me in position to donate the rice one of my favorite lines 
Uh, baby mamas, I hate them. They just want you to pay them. I'm in love with my babies. Maybe mad that I'm famous. Don't be raising your voice. That's another retainer. No, you're missing a nigga. I know you're no, you're missing, missing that anal. <laughs> Horn Man Ross. I'm trying to tell you, Horn Man Ross, bro. Because it's like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? Ross, I mean, Ross is mad horny on this album and others. I just think but I'm that just is, thinking about that is, uh, now. South Florida wise, I'd say that is a pretty big staple. I think a lot of people would say that that's the what? The anal? Not the anal. Rich off cocaine. Rich off cocaine. I, 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 I can't anal. speak I for anybody else. Everybody else in South Florida. I thought you were talking about the anal. <laughs> oh I can't speak gosh. for anybody else out in South Florida. Nah. Yeah. Not on my be. end. Oh, uh, but but then he says that he says that line. Then he says, "Vacation to Haiti." It nearly broke my heart seeing kids starve. I thought about my Audemars. I, like, I feel him. <laughs> Why well, I got this shit on? This nigga starving. Yeah. Intr- introspectiveness, Yo, man. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a crazy person. Okay, he's he's a crazy person. Uh, we talked about layback, but I want to talk about him finding Foxy Brown. I don't think we've even mentioned this yet. Yeah, for Murder Mommy. <laughs> I like Murder Mommy was fired too. I like. It's funny that he just name dropped a bunch of brands that's not really around anymore. Like I think he name dropped like Jonathan Kelsey. Yeah, that doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> He's talking about fucking Foxy Brown having the first Bentley Continental, and she like comes in like, "Yeah, no, you didn't." Like, it was a lot of like cap on this album that I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like Foxy, but shout out to shout out to getting Foxy Brown out. That was another thing of him being like, "Yo, like, look at what I do." Yeah, like I'm gonna get Foxy Brown. I'm gonna get Nas, Nas from Queens, Foxy from uh, Brooklyn. Like, I'm gonna go and get the New York staples. And mm-hmm. show fifty like, hey, like I can make a better New York album than you, damn near. And then he put her on a Big D produced record. Big D is a huge Miami producer, uh. like one of the biggest Miami producers. Let me find. He's produced some crazy shit. Let me. That beat sound like some New York shit though. I didn't know that. I thought that was like fucking DJ Premier or some shit. Yeah, he he, he was. <laughs> nah, a... it wasn't that deep, but it was like just the way it sounded. It was like, oh, like this sound like some fucking. It sounds like a New York beat. It sounds like something I would hear like Havoc or something. Well, you know, on. Big D did the whole. Uh, pretty Ricky album, Blue Stars. Oh shit! He did that whole thing. <laughs> Big D's a legend. Big D did that whole. Uh, he did Damn It Man for uh, Pitbull. Hmm, um, classic. He, he did uh, Girl Tonight for, for with uh, Twister and Trey Song. Oh shit! Classic. Um, he did a lot. He he did a lot of like Florida records at, at that time, and, and you know, putting her on a Florida producer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just unheard of. And him saying Big D, I need Pulse. I need a I need a New York like track for Foxy Brown. I found her. Has he done much songs after this song? Oh, Big Foxy? D? No, Foxy. Oh, Foxy? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. She dropped the album out in 2009 around that time. Uh, it had a single Movado on it. Oh, I'm pretty she, sure it was did. Was that Broken so Silence? Well. Yeah, Broken Silence. Broken Silence was good. Broken, Broken Silence was old. Broken Silence was 01, but 09 by oh, the time that came. Say it again? What, oh, was it? It was 01? Broken Silence? Yeah. Yeah, that was around 2001. I can't remember if it was before or after. I'm pretty sure it was before 9 11. I'm pretty sure it was before 9 11, but that was with BK Anthem on it. Uh, oh, that was her classic. Oh yeah, yeah on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the '09 album was after the reports of her being deaf and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, she had a she had an album. I think it was called Brooklyn's Don Diva. Didn't do so well, but mm. Foxy released something around that '09 time. Next song up, Gunplay. This is the lyrical part of it. One of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite songs on this album. This was this was a fifty disc. Yeah, fifty disc, and it's just like back to what you're saying. It was just a lyrical exercise. Yeah, like he ended each verse the same way. He like just the shit he was saying, like even how he started off, like 
man, sitting at the table, counting my money. I ain't yeah. where I want to be, but I got <laughs> a few hundred. Like, that's just some shit. Like, nigga, that's, that's young, rich, old, whoever. We could all relate. A lot and of talk on the street like a nigga crossing me. Well, that's, that's something, something I, I got to see. <laughs> is, it, is it how my chain swang tied on my face, telling lies, getting niggas' wives tied up and raped? Similar to the mob, deeper than rap. <laughs> this Mark's face. <laughs> these are lines. These, well, I mean, these are lines you can get off easily. To be loved. To be loved. He killed. Like he was going off on that first verse. But I feel like Gunplay had the most prophetic and like ill diss towards Fifty. All right. He says these internet niggas. These ain't a threat niggas. Never seen a laptop in the projects, nigga. Just powder cut with Comet. Convicts ain't buying it. They ain't copping or frying it. Come on, it's man. Good, it's a good Gunplay voice. <laughs> need a little bit needs a little bit more rasp. These old niggas mind. Yeah, a, little yeah, crack a, little line. a little more crack on your voice. But I, I, <laughs> yeah. I love I love I love when he says, Who that behind the curtain on Merkham? Wizard of Oz ass niggas. niggas hiding behind money, hiding behind luxury. That was fifty yeah. in a in a nutshell there. Like he was really getting a fifty on the I mean, song. honestly, gunplay is one of the best rappers of our generation. It just was like a dream deferred. Like oh, yeah, he, yeah. he damn near killed Kendrick Lamar on a verse. <laughs> He has twice great verses all over the place, just sprinkled all over the place. And you know, it's funny, like Kendrick Lamar having do having two songs with gunplay is makes so much sense why at one point, like I think when uh the Barter Six came out, mm-hmm. Kendrick was running around saying that that uh Young Thug is one of his favorite rappers. Yeah. And people were like, Oh, what? Young Thug? And it's like, no, like he likes that he's into that. Like he, Kodak. Yeah, like, Kodak. I was yeah, to say Kodak. Like, like he, he likes that type yeah. of rap. Like he's not sitting around listening to fucking you know what I'm Jay saying? Electronica? Yeah, like <laughs> Fuck. It's for Compton. <laughs> also, I just want to point out that this is when Ross uh confirms his booby boy affiliation. Too. Yes, he does. Booby boy still. Booby boy Phil. Or what, what is, wait, hold on. Let me pull that up. It's a lot of niggas that the booby boy boys killed. Still. I'm like, damn, Ross, I thought she wasn't gonna talk on this shit. <laughs> and then Trick Daddy came up. No. <laughs> It's not a booby boy. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Trick gets it in one of, in, in one of these Absolutely. upcoming songs. Absolutely. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, don't laugh. Hey, don't laugh. Hey, stop that. <laughs> hey, we, when we get to that, I want to really get to that. I want to applaud. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. But I, I mean, we could just get right past it. We could just get right to it because Face is the next song on there. It's yeah. probably the worst no, song. No, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You skipped, uh, skipped Bossy Lady. Oh, we can skip both of these because they both <laughs> skip. Yeah, I really. <laughs> Bossy skip. Lady is just like, that's when Neo was like at the top of his Def Jam shit. And they were just like, what you got? Yeah, bossy lady is like the sleeping ass. Like he don't even, even say beast. bossy lady on the song. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ross at the at the last minute when he's about to get mixed. Like, what's the name of the song, Ross? Uh, I don't know, bossy lady. Nigga. I, I, he had I don't a, know why he I, didn't call it boss's girl. <laughs> it's just I want to like, know. Go ahead. He had he had a much better neo record that ended up being on Ashes to Ashes, which wouldn't come out until like almost a year and a half, almost two years later. It was him, Neo, and Aaliyah. Ten times better than Bossy Lady, but obviously. Clearing Aaliyah in 2010, not happening. So that ended up being on Ashes and Ashes. You know what Rick Ross single I thought could have really blew up and I'm mad to this day that nobody either remembers it or nobody like would agree. And I, I really love You the Boss with Nicki Minaj. Oh, yeah. You the Boss I like is the boss. fire. That, was that on Nicki's album? It was it never dropped. Because remember, he he went to Hot 97 that one time. Yep. Destroyed Jeezy. Or was like, Nicki can push back. <laughs> We don't do pushbacks over here. It's MMG. And then gave uh I think it was Angie or or it was I think it was Angie. Gave her two it's songs. Out. It's somewhere. It's, I think it's, it's on out, it's out as a single, yes. It's out it's as a single. single. He gave her I Love My Bitches and he gave her 
you the, the boss. You the boss. Yeah. And I liked I liked both songs. I like you I the boss. I thought you the boss was the one. Yeah. I like and, you the boss. Because I love my bitches with just him flexing with Just Blaze. I was yeah. just like, whatever. Yeah. The album ends up getting pushed back, uh, which <laughs> ironically gets ends up getting pushed back. And I heard through the grapevine that Jeezy was the reason why that shit got pushed back. He was mad. I mean, nope. I can believe that. He was the reason why I got put. He he went up to Def Jam and be like, "Yo, it's me, nigga. Like, if anyone should be coming out first, it's me, not this nigga." And it gets the album pushed back. But then Ross got had the seizure. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. what also put, uh, pushed it back a little bit, a little bit further. But you, the boss, is to me could have been a top tier Rick Ross record, and it didn't even have Nicki rapping on it. It was just her oh. doing the the chorus. Yeah, and that's how that's how far it was. It, he he was one of the few people that that kind of respected her singing voice. Because she was singing on that joint, that and I yeah. know it's fire. So if you guys haven't heard it, Rick Ross, "You the Boss," great fucking song. Got the the yellow mink on the on the. Yeah, uh, on I was like, hold up, I remember that coming out. It, it was, but it didn't. It didn't make an album. It didn't make the album, nor did it make radio, because Def Jam definitely shelved this nigga for like six months, yep. and then he came out with uh with Rich Forever, yep, which was supposed to be the album. Um, Valley of Death, great DJ, song. DJ Two and Ko, uh, Ti's producers, which was. Uh, again, prophetic because he was squashed to beef with Ti uh, a little bit a couple months after this. This was the yes, I'm a CEO record. Yeah, man, <laughs> this was he addressed the, it all right, and, and that's why I want to ask: Did you do you guys think that he knew, that he knew at this point before while he was making the album? Do you think that he knew I'm about to diss fifty? I got to cover all my bases. I think this was the last song that he recorded, he recorded for the album. You think so? I, that's just how it felt to me, like. I don't know. I just felt like it was the last song. He was like, Yo, I got to address all this shit once and for all. Um, mm-hmm. Call Toomp. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as as far as him being a student, I can see him being, okay, I'm not going to do this with a response online, not a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I would like to actually put this on record on an album so that people could hear it in the way that it should be because I'd like to tell it as a story and tell you how I ended up getting here and why I ended up getting here in the first place and why I'm not ashamed of it outside of me trying to do this in some random ass YouTube. I remember a completely unrelated to Deeper Than Rap. I remember when Papoose and Uncle Murder were beefing and they got into a fight in some random ass club and Uncle Murder is just on YouTube the next day. Do it look like I got a scratch on me? Do it look like a nigga hit me and stole my chain? Like that is the shit that I'm glad Ross stayed away from. I mean, uh, what that, well, the one thing about the Ross and, and 50 beef is that it never got physical. Never. And that yeah. was that was un, that was uncharacteristic for Fifty Cent at least. Like yeah. I feel like all his beefs got physical. He was stabbing. Well, well outside of gunplay, getting power bombed. D- that happened. Oh, never mind. <laughs> they did whip his ass. They did whip his ass. <laughs> never mind. See, that's what I'm telling you. Fifty don't play. Yeah, they, they stole. They stole a fucking MMG chain. Yep. Yeah, threw him into the fucking uh, the barricades like it's a wrestling match. <laughs> shit was crazy. So, um, first verse on this is yeah, the don't 50, play. First verse on this was the fifty response. Uh, when he says he says, uh, "Lord knows when I see this monkey, I'm, I'm gonna be, be the, the devil, devil. monkey." <laughs> Beat him because I'm clever. Beat him at whatever. You never was a G, nigga. You and me together. together. New York unified, down south, love that. When we got to shine, motherfuckers, where the love at? Hey. <laughs> no, hold on. The next line, though, is very much like a shot, too. Real niggas He's getting, getting money, money, better money. log off. Like, not even log. Like, he was that because that was very much 50 Cent's internet era. Mm-hmm. And all his, his response were very much internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pimping curly, yep. all that shit. He mm-hmm. was like, nigga, we out here in the streets rapping, getting money. Yeah. Like, we yeah. not on that. And yeah. That was just that. What what what's your thoughts on on that line, Josh? Like when when he says, you know, like you never was a G nigga, unit me together. I think that was, and 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 I want to get into why why Ross won this after we 
get finished with the album. But yeah. like, do you think that was like a major component of why people saw Ross as kind of stronger than Fifty here? Was that he was kind of preaching unity and people were tired of the beef? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. It was like, and and went to our earlier point. Like Fifty was so spread out with the beef. You beef went the West Coast, the East Coast, the South, and mm-hmm. it's like, nigga, at that time. You had Khaled, who was bringing, bringing all these people together. You had Ross, who was putting all these different people on these records. Like, it was just on some other... It was just on different type of timing. Yeah. And, you know, 50 Cent was the exact opposite of that. So, he kind of mentioned it, and I think that was a great line. Because yeah. it's like, you know, G-Unit just never... G-Unit had no allies. And And to be clear, like, after a certain point, when 50 got famous... They stopped feeling like they were really together too. It felt like it was Fifty Cent in the Pips. It felt yeah, like they, I like, mean, it absolutely was Fifty Cent in the Pips from the beginning. But you're to your point. It's like then you drop a song like Toy Soldier, and it's like, oh, these are really your soldiers. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how Yayo thought that was a great idea. I never understood that. So yeah, after that, it's like, oh, like yeah, Fifty, you just got minions and pawns. I think even uh, Ross says it at one point. Like, I got pawns all the way to Jamaica Queens. Yeah. I forgot what. I think he says that on a uh, Usual Suspect. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. He, it was already evident. We already saw what it was. And like, you know, he just called it out. And that was another line where he called it out. Second verse <clears throat> gets more sinister. Right. As, as he says in the BET special. Uh, he talks about Trick Daddy here. And there's no real reason why he does this. But he says this line, uh, when the world's so cold, hope you got a little sweater. Caught a little case, but he had a little cheddar. Played out the 15, put his life in the letter. Very first line he called Trick Daddy Stupid. Say he got AIDS telling people that it's lupus. Uh, when I heard that line, I was like, wow. Because I remember, like, you understand? At the time, it was like, do we got AIDS? Like, because Trick had, Daddy was looking sick. At the time, yeah. Trick Daddy looked real bad. Like, yeah. I remember the last album he had put out had that song with Chameleonaire. Then he kind of laid low for a minute, mm-hmm. and he came back out, and he looked real sick. Like, he looked what, sick. What was the vibe in Florida, if you remember what it was like then, uh, Mark? By that time, 2008, Trick's coming out, and obviously he's he's looking a little bit different facial-wise. I don't think he was as skinny as you may have seen him in past years, but at the time, he's uh, he's pushing out Iceberg, Ice Billion Berg, and they're putting out records from a South Florida perspective. But I always assume that... The thing between Ross and Trick was just old slip and slide stuff, things that were not resolved, things that Ply's kind of stayed away from for the most part. I don't remember Mm -hmm. Ply's really talking about his old moments in slip and slide and giving it like too big of a stage. But between Ross and Trick, I always assumed that there was something that was in between that was just not resolved. And obviously them being so close in the vicinity in Miami, there's probably things that are unresolved from that as well. But I don't remember it being like a huge, huge revelation of, oh my God, he just went too far. Obviously, everybody knew it was a crazy line. Shit. And obviously, you're exposed I, to That's crazy because that was, yeah, I was at, was like, I, paused, got... I paused the song. <laughs> I, was like, that, I was like, does he have AIDS? That was the kind of like the thing. It was like, does he have AIDS? So if you guys were confident that he didn't have AIDS at the time. Yeah, it, that, it came out of nowhere. I think that's yeah. why I was shocked. Again, yeah, because was... Trick was... Yeah, because Trick was still out. Trick, Trick was still out. Fuck the Other Side was one of the hugest records for like mm. at least two mm. years. Uh, I don't think too many too. people were being like, yeah, Trick has AIDS. Trick is sick. Uh, we need to make sure that we protect it. Ross, you're wilding for that because Trick was still around in South Florida doing South Florida records, still performing as well. I think I seen him. Uh, well, when was X Fest? 2009. I was 18. So I seen him in 2009 when I was 18. He came out to West Palm. Very random. He said, damn, I ain't eat ass in West Palm in a long time. Wow. I was okay. completely floored by that, but obviously it's Trick Daddy. So now you was see, really worried like that. Now you see why I thought I was talking. He was talking about the anal. Yeah, that's see, literally that's all he's talking about. 
That's why I thought. I think another really good line is that I thought about recently with the whole Rico case and 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 Young Thug is um right before that line actually says, "Tell me who the fool if the feds come get me." Fifty years or better, that's when you're a trendsetter. Yeah, and that's literally like with the Rico case. If they call you a trendsetter, you're the leader of the gang, yep. and you're gonna get life. So it's just pathetic. like, yeah, pathetic, <laughs> and just like I don't know. Like I think Ross always rapped, even with all the grand grandiose lies. Yeah. It some was truth. Yeah, it, not even some truth. He lied with truth. Like he <laughs> yeah. like there, there was so like yeah, to your point, there was so much truth in his lies. It probably wasn't his life, but yeah. he was speaking on a life that was real and that mm-hmm. was really going on. But that he's seen. Yep. But I mean, talking about his own life, verse three is the verse. And I want to see if you guys feel as though when you heard this, you kind of like did did you kind of say like, uh, okay, and, and move on when he says, Call your boy CO. But if I really was, when all these when all these niggas undercover fucking niggas up, keep it trilling, nigga. Never had a gun and badge. Kept a nice watch, smoking on a hundred sacks. Now, when I was in college, I was telling people CEOs are not technically cops. Well, was I? Was am I right? Nah, here? you're right. But it, I also like how he like deflected with the like this, the undercovers fucking niggas. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, if I was a CEO, I wasn't fucking niggas up. Yeah, yeah. like it was just like, <laughs> huh? Like it was a head scratcher for sure. I'm like, damn, Ross, like I. I really, no one's ever really interviewed him about this song. No, no. And I wish someone would. It's um, a great fucking song. Neil, yeah. maybe in the next book, um, you can ask him about this 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 era. Like, yeah. I don't think he really talks about any of his books either. Oh, he doesn't? Oh, uh, yeah, it's really random. I think, well, again, that, that would that would require Rick Ross to kind Booby of, like, boys dro- he would try, he'd have to, like, drop the character a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to get that at this point. But then he, he, he says later on, and again, again, this is the point where I'm like, yo, y'all got to leave it alone when he says... Can't criticize niggas trying to get jobs. Better get smart, young nigga. Live yours. Only live once. And I got two kids. And for me to feed them, I get two gigs. I shovel shit. I CEO. I CEO. So we can bow our head and pray over the meat. Over the meatloaf. <laughs> that's a poor ass meal. <laughs> hey, but that's I how we get in. I make a good meatloaf. Man, okay? I had meatloaf in 15 years. I make a good meatloaf, bro. I ain't had meatloaf in 20 years. You ain't had my meatloaf. Pause. I ain't, uh, I, but I never will. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Listen, was this was this the point where because let's be clear, after deeper than rap, you never heard about the CEO shit again. Oh no, he he this is Valley of Death, he buried the CEO shit with this song. (laughs) Like you never heard it again. Did you guys I won't say forgive him, did you wipe it under the rug? And why do you think people wiped this under the rug at the time? I mean, he explained it so well. It's like, nigga, I, I'm a CEO for the game. Like, he, how he explained it, it was like, damn, all right. Yeah. Maybe he was. Nigga, like, we, we watched The Wire. We watched fucking uh, Oz. Yeah. Maybe he was just the CEO on the inside helping niggas pass drugs or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> the way he spun it, it was no one pressed him on it. I remember I was telling niggas on SOHH, y'all act like CEOs is upstanding citizens. To pretend to because they are a part of the criminal ecosystem. You think yeah. about it. I don't know if anyone watches uh, Mayor's of, uh, Mayor of Kingstown. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, great show! I know you. You're on the my CEOs are in parents. there. The CEOs are Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, this is, this is the CEOs are Rick Ross. They like, killing people. They doing all type of shit. Or odd shit. Yeah. We, we don't know what it's like. The thing is, is that I feel like, and this happens in every rap beef. They conflate one thing into something that's bigger than. It. I, I remember when. Uh, I hate to even bring this shit up again, but the, the Pusha T shit with Drake's baby mom, we said, she did porn. And it was like, she doesn't do porn. She was just doing yeah. like some like cam model shit. She was on OnlyFans, man. Yeah, like, like she, 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 was, she was doing the proto the prototype OnlyFans cam model man. shit. But people turning into her getting fucked on camera and it was like, that's not what it is. We're that's just living in some wild times, bro, because it's a, a music executive out here who 
girlfriend does porn and no one says anything. Wait, wait who? I can't say. But <laughs> B side. I'm making a note for B side. It ain't. It will never get told on B sides or anywhere. It won't never get told. But it's like I don't I know what the lines are. I don't yeah. know. Like I don't know if people care anymore. Yeah. So like to that point, being a CEO or like you know like it's like we don't care yeah. like. I think we live in a different generation now, and um, I feel like Ross, Usher, Ross ushered in this generation. Yeah, he might have right. been, man. Like this is, uh, yeah, the spin cycle, man. And I need Ross to take real Boston Rich under his wing, because I just need him just to do a song together. Like, <laughs> let me teach you something, young blood. <laughs> Come here, this high, this, this how you address the rumors. <laughs> I also think that like when the music is when the music is good, it also helps too. If Ross was ass and and the album was ass, he's out. I'm pretty sure nah, it would have been he, entertained a whole lot more. He faced it head on, and mm-hmm. that's what these other niggas lack. You're right. Yeah, you got to face it head on. Like I ain't seen real Boston Richie talk about snitching on camera okay. on 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 a record. Yeah, but I've seen him snitch on camera. Oh, that's sorry, a bar. that's he, a bar. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like I don't know. So I, I really think. Um, yeah, Ross definitely in, ushered in um, just a real for all his lies. He ushered in a realistic uh, I mean, point of view. Think about your old school hip hop head, and you had to just live through Wayne kissing a nigga, Ross being a CEO, and then Wayne wearing tight Wayne again wearing tight pants. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like this, this is fucking your whole your whole mind I, up. I mean, then also it's probably as an old school hip hop fan, it's like the CEO shit ain't that bad. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You see how this other shit going on? He's like, "Fuck it, CO shit seems cool." But he he captured the he captured the cosigns, like you said earlier. He got close to Diddy. This happens right after the Diddy mm-hmm. affiliation happens right after this. Ross ushered in the deeper in the rap vlogs that continued on afterwards. Yep. He had a new video every single week after that. He he the the album hit number one when it came out and went gold. It was a huge album, and I think some people will still put it in their favorite Rick Ross album, yeah. you know, of his discography. One, definitely one of my favorites. I, I go between this and, and and Teflon Don a lot. I uh, really like Better You Than Me too. I, I really I really uh, like uh, uh, Better uh, Rather You Than Me too. I thought that was yeah. super solid. Um, but Rick Ross again, this is a story of like, and again, the, the album might not be perfect. It might not be no skips, but on the really kind of the the record and the and the statement that it made and the history that it made, I, I can't think of another hip hop album that again we spent the whole album a whole hour talking about. Before we even talked about the album, about all of the background yeah. to the album. I mean, shit, uh, pussies don't get pussy. He said that <laughs> twice on the album. And I'm like, yo, Ross, you like, they, there's a lot of like good um, talking ad libs. Like the album actually ends with Bangle Smurf yeah. calling from jail. Calling from jail. Yeah. <laughs> Shouting out Miami. And, and, and again, he captured those cosigns because he probably called them and said, listen, I'm going to put 5,000 in your books. Yeah. I need you to disc 50 for me one more game. Greatest networker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greatest one, networker. One more time. But that was deeper than rap. Uh, on Throw Blacks, amazing album, amazing conversation. Uh, one one of my favorite uh, hip hop albums of all time. I'm glad we did this. Shout out to to Kel, I believe, who who did ask yep. us to do this album. And we're gonna do more. I, I got I'm trying to think of an alternative album that we, that we could get. Yeah, Patreon, drop uh, some suggestions. I think I, one alternative album I was thinking about the other day is um, I think I might have mentioned this before. Green Day, American Idiot. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I just I don't know. I, I remember where I was at when I bought that. I bought that in Houston. It's randomly. on a short. It's on a short list. Yeah, but oh. we could start somewhere else before that. I think you know, there's a ton of classic albums that we, hip hop albums that yeah. I would like to get to. And there's a lot of anniversaries coming up. Yeah, even I, before, like I feel like we're kind of hitting our like high school when we first got like fell in love with music, yeah. quote unquote. But I would even love to go before that. I think there's a ton of just classics that, that, that we that haven't I need touched. To go back to, yeah. I, I for sure need to go back, or some shit that when we when we were as adults. Yeah, that's we, we could go back to that. I, I I always wanted to talk about 
the tour. I want to talk about Days Before Rodeo. Um, I think. Oh, like, that's that's a good one. That, yeah. Days Before Rodeo. You were around. Yeah. I even yeah. Days Before <laughs> Rodeo was definitely around for Rodeo was around for. I just thought about randomly. Um, E Forty, my Ghetto Report card. Oh wow. You understand that is a pivotal album in my life. Okay. Pivotal. Like I, I remember everywhere I was. I remember. Yeah, I got some stories about that album. Yay area is the intro. Is one of my yep. like that was. I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. this shit. That was it, that was my first E forty album. Yeah, I mean, and that was. I mean, I had always been an E forty fan, just a kid growing up. The Bay Area so close, mm-hmm. but that was the album where it was like, oh, okay, like the, the Bay Area wasn't getting the love that it was yeah. that was ever that's getting now at least. Right. And that was the album that like ushered that in. High profile uh, guest, high profile mm-hmm. production. Rick Rock. Oh my god. That gosh. was like the big that was Lil the E40's, E40's biggest album. Hey, we could do this all day. Thank you guys for listening to Throw Blacks. Anything you want to say on the way out, MC? Uh very random shout out to Magazine. I forgot he gave Wale one of his best hooks of all time in Ocean Drive. I don't know where Ooh. you are, Magazine, <laughs> but I want to shout you out for Ocean Drive. Thank you so much for that. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, and and from Po Boy to Po Po, I I think the mark is fucking crazy. Uh thank you guys for listening. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Patreon as well. Check us out every other week on Black Print. And uh, damn, we can't announce that yet. Yeah, but we're coming soon. Yeah, we got some shit. Soon. Actually, we, it's funny. I just locked in the guest for our first new, new season. season. We're coming of, out with a new season. Black Print Radio. We're coming out with a new season. We're going to talk about, we're gonna, after we get off mic, we got to talk about the new season too. So yeah, let's talk it. about it. So thank you guys for listening to Throw Blacks with myself, Josh Pease, and MC. We'll see you guys real soon on Patreon. Peace.